Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 66 of the Holding Court Podcast. Baseball is back. We're giving our reactions and thoughts on the deal and the resurrection of the full season. We'll chat about our experience in the thick of it at NASCAR, and Justin will reveal his new good luck charm for hitting. All coming up right now on Holding Court. Do you care to share with the class what you thieved from me this week? I thought you were going to go with the third rhyming word and just really reveal the secret sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I'm Care, share, and... Well, I'm going to let you share with care this story (laughs) that I, I don't know how I feel about it. It was a little, I was, I don't know, offended, upset. Were you though? (laughs) I don't know what I felt. Tell your story. All right. So last Saturday, Court had, what'd you have, a, a 12 mile training run? I did. So she woke up early. And made her way down to the Rose Bowl to get her run on. And I had a hitting session set up on the field at Valley College. That's where I've been getting out on the field and taking my batting practice and taking ground balls and and getting my work in during this. With the Monarchs. With the Monarchs. The green and gold. (laughs) Um. And so how it works is, you know, we set it up and we have the bubble out and usually a couple guys, you know, come out and hit with, with us. We had Alan from, uh, the A's come out. Isaiah, Isaiah of from the Rangers has been out. Um, you know, CT has been out to Valley a couple times to hit. Um, so it's just, it's really like a revolving door of guys that just go up and get their work in. And we start out on the field, and everything's filmed. We film every round, every swing, so we can always go back and break it down and yes. look at it and see what was working good and what some of the issues were that we're going to address the next time we hit. And so I go through my three or four rounds of flips, um, you know, hitting flips on the field, and then we get set up for batting practice. Okay. And... Um, Everything we, seems normal. Up to everything's this point. normal. Like everything's going good. Like my adjustments that I made are feeling pretty good. Um, swinging well, and I get <laughs> probably into my third round. So third round of BP means like my seventh round in the cage, and I look down and there's like a piece of like, like. First of all, I'm wearing like a gray. Um, You're wearing it right now. <laughs> I'm actually wearing the shirt right now. It's like a gray, like short sleeve, like hoodie that I'm hitting in. And so like I look down and in my right, out of the right sleeve, there's like a little white, like piece of cloth hanging out. And I'm like, oh my God, like uh, my sweater ripped. <laughs> Like when I'm my little. This is when we need video for the podcast because you're doing a full demonstration. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, crap. Like this is mid round. I like I finally like I see this and I'm like, oh, my God, like the armpit of my sweater like ripped. Like what the hell did I do? You were really swinging it. So I'm like, whatever. Like 
it's it's a piece of the sweatshirt. So I, I keep hitting. I finish the round. I take like three or four more swings. And by the time I take the last swing, it's like hanging down. Like It's like a turkey, like gobbler. It's like full hanging down. <laughs> and I'm like, and I stop and I look at Doug, who Doug Latta, who I'm sure everyone knows is the guy I hit with all the time. And um, we had Gogo was throwing batting practice. And I look at Doug. And I look at Gogo, and I look down, and I pull <laughs> this piece of material out, and it was Courtney's <laughs> wedding underwear <laughs> that said bride on it. <laughs> and Doug is like, is that what I think it is? And Gogo's like, that's definitely what you think it is. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Like, And there was like seven other people around the cage that had no idea what was going on. It was just Doug and Gogo were like, oh my God, I definitely saw that. Like, It doesn't just say bride on it. It's bride and, and Swarovski crystal. Yeah, it's like bedazzled. <laughs> and I was like, Which like, oh my God. I was like, holy crap. I've was, worn those honestly maybe twice. The reason I have them still is because I can't think of the name of the brand, but it's like, no, no show lines, like right? there's no seam like nothing underwear so like if i ever i'm like wearing something i'll like pull i think i had like a three pack of like bridal underwear and i think it just made its way in the wash and made its way this wouldn't have happened if i was the one putting away laundry in that cycle yeah so it the the underwear <laughs> were just in my in my sweater like it couldn't have been like a classic hanes pair like it had to be like the sarovsky bridal like silk negligee for everyone to see and so but <laughs> i i kept my cool we, we held together like didn't make a big deal out of it i don't think it, you, I, what'd you do just shove it in your pocket i i pulled them out put it in my pocket i think i took i think i took like two more <laughs> swings with them in my pocket <laughs> and then like we were all just laughing and uh i went over to the dugout and pulled out my phone and I, and I text you and I sent a picture. I said, Court, look what just fell out of my sleeve. While I, was I was running, I think, practice. when I got this text, by the way. <laughs> so, like, the photo popped up and I'm like, oh, oh Lord. But here's the even funnier part is, like, we look at the film while we hit and whatever and break it down as we go. But then usually, like, Doug will go back and chop it up and send my film, like, either later that night or the next day or whatever, depending on you know, his schedule and what he has going on. And so uh, I thought that it had just popped out of my sleeve in that round, in like the seventh round. And when Doug went back <laughs> and was breaking down the video, he's like, dude, they were hanging out for like four rounds, <laughs> like just hanging out of my sleeve. And I just didn't notice you it. You little pervert. So I do have video evidence. Maybe we'll post some <laughs> video of these. Oh, we'll post it. I'll for sure post it. Yeah. Just do you feel like that was like it was giving you a little extra? Well, that little. was the joke. That was what I, I I guess not a joke, but that's what I said. I said, you know, when when baseball players aren't feeling good at the plate, they'll go to extreme measures and put their wives underwears in their armpits of their sweaters. <laughs> little panty snatcher. Over little panty <laughs> snatcher. <yeah. laughs> what if it was like your oh, kink man. and you just were like aroused by carrying my underwear around with y'all? You can't kink shame someone for I'm that. I'm sure it's been done, honestly. 
I guarantee you someone's done that. Next time I see doggies, I'm going to be able to look me in the eye. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Sneaky little thief. I wonder if he brings it up when he sees you. Oh, zero chance any man would ever bring that story up to me other than you. Zero chance. I would bring it up. But (laughs) I mean, like, like that was the weekend that Austin Allen was there and they, him and his wife flew in from Orlando. So like, they were both like out there. Wait, his wife saw this? No, 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 no like one else saw it. Just saw my panties like <laughs> out in the open. You exposed my negligee for the world to see. No one else saw it. Doug and Gogo were the only two that were like, "I, yep, definitely saw that." Because I, tr- I tried to like. Do you think one of the crystals like caught the sun, just the valley sun, just in the right maybe light, and it maybe. like maybe blinded but someone? That was uh, yeah, that was funny. Well, good times, good times. Well, good thing you have a good luck charm. Yeah. For hitting and your swing is feeling right because there's a deal. Full disclosure, I kept them in my pocket all week, hoping it would help <laughs> get a deal done. He even <laughs> slipped them on for a few nights just to <laughs> have some extra good luck. The true definition of nut huggers. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be tight. Um, <laughs> what? A whirlwind. Uh, like, I feel like when it happened and it was announced, I, I don't know. I thought about how I would feel when it was announced, and I don't know. I was just happy and relieved, and like, I can't explain it. I just, I didn't weep. I thought I would weep. Well, news travels faster nowadays on social media than. Well, on- not when you get hacked by a crypto. Which uh, is hilarious, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Jeff. And uh, and Joe Davis. Yeah, Joe Davis. Yeah. The ETH. Lots of PS5s, apparently. <laughs> Lots of, yeah. Oof, brutal brutal news day to get your account hacked. Poor right? Jeff. Poor Jeff. I even messaged him. I'm like, dude, did you just buy like a CryptoPunk or <laughs> did you come up <laughs> on some friends my... while you've been busily like reporting all this I know. stuff that's happening? You're just like. It dove could in. be another one of the reporters that just didn't want him to have he it. Dove first. into the NFT world. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a mystery. He's like, maybe in the metaverse we'll get a deal done. Yeah. So it <laughs> happened. Um, I think I just saw a tweet of like play, play ball. ball. Yep. Yeah. You showed it to me, and I was like, wait, eh, like this would be a perfect time if I wanted to like screw with everyone if oh, I just tweeted play funny. ball, right? But then of course I go to the profile make sure it's the real one because now there's so many like yeah sports center but like the o is a zero and then you see this crazy news story and you click and you're like oh it's like fake that's what i mean it it was an opportune moment for someone to like because everything was like heating up and like it went to the vote and it was kind of like rumblings of what was going to happen if they were going to have the votes needed and it would have been the right time but it would have that would have been sick yeah, I probably would have tried to find that guy. Yeah, that wouldn't have been funny. Like, and I told myself today, I just was like, I can't be on Twitter because I cling to every single yeah. tweet and every bit of hope and I know better, but I'm like living and dying by all of these tweets that are like, okay, it's looking good. Ooh, like the script is flipped, like, 
don't see a deal happening for a while. Oh, if the talks are done, like I don't see him picking up for weeks. And then you're like, what? <laughs> weeks? And like fully just like invested and like staying up late and all that. So this morning I went for a walk and I was just like, I couldn't check my phone. Yeah. You didn't even respond to my text. No, I was, it was in my pocket and I was just not going to give Twitter the power because it, it just you. takes so much for me. And you got your phone back at the right I, time. I know. And then I, right when I get home, I'm like, wait, this is going to a vote. Like what's happening. And then it just all was just very good news from, from that point. So I don't know. I mean, I really only gave up Twitter for like two hours, but I highly recommend a short break from it. If you need it. I think, well, not now. Cause there's a season you need to know what the hot stove is doing and all of that. But I think we need to go through Jock and Kelsey Peterson and get to Jeff Williams and Mr. Cook and figure out a way to get 40 people to be able to be on one text thread. Because when we're going through this and you're trying to get an entire 40-man roster to vote on a CBA, yeah, yes or no, and you can only have 30 people in a thread, it makes it difficult. <laughs> you could have just done like a survey monkey. Well, there's, we tried in 2020 when, by the way, I'm, I'm no longer the official rep of the Dodgers. Walker's our rep now. I try to help him out with as much as I can. He's the administrative assistant now. Eh, I mean, he's doing a great job. He did a great job. I'm very proud of Walker for, you know, it's, it's not an easy job and it's a lot of stuff. And then you're managing, like I said, 39 other guys and trying to bounce ideas and opinions and it's a lot to handle. So Walker was, was awesome. Um, but in 20, when we were doing it and we were going through trying to figure out what that season was going to look like, we actually used that app. Um, what's that? Wh- oh no, no. Group me. Group me. Yeah. And the hard thing about group me was it was so new to guys. They didn't know how to like turn their notifications on and some guys weren't checking it. So like I got all 40 guys on and I'm getting them all the information, but it was only actually getting to like 10 guys. Yeah, no one's so seeing I'm it. like, there's. Someone please, tech tech people, someone come up with a way that's easier to communicate to 40 people at one time. Yeah. That would have made you this You need the group chat popping this year. Better. You got to get it going. Yeah. Well, I already started it. Oh. Well. The, the second a deal was done, I started, we have a group chat and last year we had the 2021 Dodger chat, which was where most of these conversations and were going on. And then I think on. the 2020 chat is like F yeah, world champs 2020 <laughs> <or> <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. But as soon as the deal got done, I think it was like 10 minutes later, I dropped in a, a 2022 group chat for most of the guys. I mean, I, I didn't, you can't get 40 guys on there, but it was funny because, you know, I, I added a bunch of guys. I added, we have new guys like Daniel Hudson's one of our new guys this year. He's right? back. And yeah. I put it in the group chat and there's, there was guys that were like, holy shit, we signed Huddy? That's freaking awesome. <laughs> Huddy's like, I'm, I, I just want to make sure it's real. I don't know if they forgot that they signed me three months ago. So I'm going to show up on Sunday and it might be a little awkward, boys. So I know it is crazy <laughs> thinking about like when CT signed that very last night before the lockout. That seems like yeah. ages ago. Mookie's wedding. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah. But th- th- even I was like, man, who? Okay, Andrew Heaney. Daniel Hudson. I was like, what else do we do? And you have to I, watch the little ticker on the bottom of MLB network. To I, let I you know where everyone signs. I actually got phone calls from 
I got a phone call from Dave almost immediately, Roberts, and that was the first thing I asked. I was like, okay, you're calling and checking in on all the guys. I was like, who are the new guys again? Like, who all did we sign before right. this? I know. It feels, like, it feels like years ago. That's another good relief is that you guys are now able to finally communicate with yes. your staff and your trainers and all of that because I know that was a big challenge. Like, you mentioned, like, hitting a valley. Like, you couldn't go to the facility. Like, you can't just find a training like you have to kind of like get creative ways to like get your fielding work in and your hitting and all of that you're no it was deal so it's it's a relief now to be able to freely talk to everyone in the organization it's difficult especially for us in our organization and I mean I don't know how it is for other guys but like I've been with the Dodgers for a long time now and we've developed friendships in people on the on our staff like beyond friendships yeah yeah. just like people that like literally you know we talk to almost every day and now all of a sudden we were told we weren't allowed to talk to them so it was great I mean as soon as this thing was done I talked to Brandon McDaniel one of our strength guys I talked to one of our trainers everyone calls him possum um he reached out I talked to Dave Roberts I talked to Andrew Friedman and it was just I talked to Sujo. I got a text from Sujo like right away. She's like, thank gosh, it's over. It's been killing me that we haven't <laughs> been able to talk. Um, she you probably know, has so much content just right? ready to go. I talked to Lon Rosen. Like it was just, there was just so many people that, um, you know, it was that you talk to all the time that you're so used to. And, and literally this lockout was just like, uh, yeah, you're not allowed to talk to him. And, and, and they took it serious. Like I tried. I reached out to some of these guys. <laughs> I did they were, too. They were stone cold. They they were like, nope, I'm not going to get in trouble. I'm not getting my hand slapped. Yeah. So um, that that's another big relief for getting this done. I'm sure that's not why all you fans are excited about coming to a deal, but that's these are the, some of the little things that, yeah. you know, is a big weight off of our shoulders anyway. So you're like you saw the tweet and then it was just – like and relief, like joy, like what, like what does it look like? Well, you just don't believe it, right? You want to get confirmation, and then we got the text from Walker. The vote went through. Everyone got excited. Everyone was excited because, let's face it, like at the end of the day, we wanted to play 162 games, so everyone was was excited about that. But then there was a little bit more hesitation because it had to get passed by the owners. Which right. everyone on Twitter just kept saying it was a formality and it was a slam dunk. But I just was like, nothing in this has went how we thought it was going to go. So <laughs> exactly. like, let's hold, like I was excited and I was tweeting and like firing off some stuff, but I still had that thought of like, wait, well, I think I asked you, I was like, wait, what if they don't vote on this? Yeah. Like, I'm just like, uh, I'm going to hold my breath. Yeah. So. I'm going to hang upside down and hold my breath 50 cent style (laughs) (laughs) until they eradicate this thing. And then I'll drop down and spit some bars. I love it. (laughs) I know I was nervous about the 162 full disclosure in my selfish. um, Super. This is super selfish. I'm just going to put that out there. It's really not because this is what baseball is about and not all that it's about, but I have my conquest to see you play in all 30 stadiums yeah. and it's not about when you retire, I'll go back and I'll check off the last few. Like I have 29 and 30 lined up this year. 
So, and it just so happens that 29, it was flirting with the start. No, date. it got ripped off. That was the hardest tweet for me to see was when they said canceling more games. Like this series is gone and this series is gone. Wait, the, and it you're was, talking, she's talking about the twins. Series. And it was the twins. She hasn't been to Minnesota to see that ballpark yet. And that's number 20 and Kansas city. And then Kansas city. But then 30. they of course announced today that next year, you guys will be playing every single yeah, team. More balanced, so, okay, balance schedule, okay, okay, which okay. is kind of cool. I, I kind of dig that. Yeah. So it's, I have more chances, but at the moment, selfishly, I was nervous. I was upset. That's a big deal. Yeah. She was urging me to vote yes <laughs> on the deal, no matter what. So she can see her 29th. I, like, I don't care what it says. Give me medicine. It doesn't matter how bad it is. <laughs> I did not say that, <laughs> but <laughs> that was the thought. And honestly, I really do really, really, really love traveling and going to games and, and you watching you play. And it means a lot to me. And so if that's selfish, call me selfish, but I have that little poster with all the stadiums on it and you scratch them off like a lottery ticket when you visit it. And I just want to scratch those last two. Everyone, every single person has always given me this piece of marriage advice, happy wife, happy life. So if you want to know how I voted, Okay, you are <laughs> absurd. Oh, if you want to know how court voted. No, I'm kidding. What? I'm just kidding. Ever. I'm just kidding. Okay, but it so is cool. It is cool that it that you do get to get all 30 this year. Thank you. I appreciate the support. Barring some other little <laughs> Nope. I don't know what else could happen, but Nope. 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 Yeah. Nope, nope not happening no but we're excited we're happy we're happy i'm most happy for the game of baseball i'm most happy for the fans the kids um you know everyone who just loves this sport with all their heart and i hope that they understand or forgive us for you know having to go through this business part of it, which absolutely sucks because if I'm being honest with you, none of us players are playing this game because we want to be negotiators or we want to be like grinding it out and, and trying to do these collective bargaining agreements. Like we all got into this game because we love the game and, and it just happens to be a part of it, which, which sucks. So I apologize for that, but, um, uh, I'm glad this got done for for you guys, and I'm glad we have a 162-game season. I'm looking forward to, at least over these next five years, you know, just growing this game and hopefully helping more young boys and girls fall in love with it. Yeah, I agree. Let's dive into some of the changes. We talked about last week the playoff structure, and it landed on – 12 teams. 12 teams. So a little different. Slightly expanded playoffs. No more no more wild card game. Which is interesting. One and done. You ha- I always said I never wanted you to be a part of a wild card game in your entire career. Yeah. But I'm kind of glad we got to experience yeah, it. Yeah, you it can was say we did it once. Insane. And what a game. Like, I don't wish that upon anyone. But yeah, it was. So I think the whole concept behind the wild card game was one to get another team in the playoffs and two 
like there's nothing more exciting or crazier than an elimination game, like game seven. So implementing the wild card game, the one and done was just, you got game seven right out of the gates. Like the first, it was kind of like the rally for the playoffs. Like this is going to be nuts, right? When you look at the NFL, you look at the NFL though this year and granted all the playoff games were awesome except for the first round. The first round, I think I was like, oh my God, this was miserable. Like every game was a blowout. Yeah. So like baseball had it to where, you know, the first round, the first games you watched were these two game seven elimination game wild cards. And it kind of, I think, got the juices flowing for baseball fans rolling into Oh, my juices were flowing, but it's just hard after 162 to like put it all in one game. Like NFL, they're playing one game a week and it means way more. And so I feel like they're used to that one game, like having this insane weight behind it. And so that was just the hard thing. It's like one game, like you could wake up on the wrong side of the bed that day and just like, I don't know, or shit the bed that day. And then it's your whole season's over. And I get it. You kind of like made it into the playoffs, like by the skin of your teeth ish. But in the case of you guys, like you had the second, what second best record in all of baseball and you had to be subject to the wild card game. So yeah. it's like, you're glad that you had that chance and got in that way. But it just, it was always hard for me to wrap my head around that like small of a thing, deciding 162. Don't get me wrong. Season. Don't get me wrong. I there's, love watching them when you're not yeah. playing in them. <laughs> <laughs> there's no player that wants a one game wild card because yeah. you, like you said, you play 162 games and then your whole like, season comes down to a one game like do or die that's crazy like i think if baseball players actually had it their way every series would be a long series it would be all seven game series and playoffs would be two months long like hockey and basketball because over a seven game series then you have the entire depth of your roster on display but in these short series in a one game playoff you you're facing aces like you know both teams are throwing aces whatever and even in a a two and a three game series. If you have, you know, two absolute stud starters, obviously that's a huge advantage versus a team that has, you know, depth and five like good starters who could get through a long series. Um, So I think in a perfect world, we would all have, we'd have a long series every single round of the playoffs, but it's hard to do that when you're playing games outside uh, it's you can't play into November. <laughs> yeah, well, Deep it's just hard November. with the wild card too because you're like thinking about saving a pitcher or like who you're gonna have start. Like, I don't know. You There's think about no the saving. next series. Yeah. I know, but like you think about the next series or you think about that, but you don't even know that you're in the next series. So it's like it's do or die. But then it also like really affects things in the next round. Well, that's why it's an advantage to try to win your division, and that's yeah. why. I mean, some of those things sounded crazy in the 14-game proposal, yeah. right? But it, it there needs to be some sort of advantage for winning your division. And that's one of the crappy things about this 12-team playoff is the third win, uh, division winner isn't going to get rewarded really for winning his division. All they get is home, home field advantage against the sixth seed. Okay, so, well, I'm if you haven't read it, like, we'll break it down a little bit. Yeah, read it off. You got it right in front of you, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I went through it. So it's the one seed best overall record, the two seed second best record among division winners. So you mentioned they both get buys. One and two seed will get by, which yep. is like, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's similar to like passing through the wild card, but now the wild card is a best of three. Yeah, but there's arguments to be made that it's tough for those by teams to sit for a week without yeah. playing and then jump into playoff baseball. Especially now when, with the three-game series. It's yeah, different than waiting on a wild card series. The other team could have three games under their belt and some serious momentum from coming out of a, of winning the wild card series. So there's yeah. there's arguments for both that, sides. Like last year, if you guys would have had a bye and be able to rest after 100%. a crazy season and reset yeah. essentially that yeah. could have been huge and well, like maybe obviously the Giants, factored yeah maybe the Giants series is different and it doesn't go five games for us right like yeah. maybe well, we get that done sooner and then maybe we have a little more juice in the tank going into the Atlanta yeah but series. even if you won your division and then you had that first like if it was how it was this year like you win your division last year and then you have that break yeah like that would have been. Yeah, I'm just saying it's some some people say it's not really an advantage because it's harder to sit there for four or five days without yeah. playing. Where, like the team that you're playing in the first round after the bye has they won the series no matter what. Right. You're playing the winning team, so they yeah. have momentum because they've already played two or three games in this, and then they're rolling into the next series. So, um, but it is. I mean, I guess you want to get into the playoffs as deep as you can. So having that buy is kind of nice and it gives you a chance to get healthy if some guys are dinged up and it gives you a chance to rest some guys up, maybe some bullpen arms that, yeah. you know, were really taxed in September when you're trying to chase down the division. So, I mean, there's definitely advantages to it. Um, you also get to set your starting rotation um, to have it exactly as you want for that first series versus, you know, these wild card three game series you know, maybe those guys have burned through their first three pitchers. So um, there's there's really a lot. Yeah. So like you said, three seed, third best division winner record, and then four to six seeds, the three best records among non-division winners in order of records. So it's really just like three wild It's basically, teams. yeah, it's basically your three division winners and then the next three best records are in, right? So um, like I said, one and two, get the bye then the third division winner really gets the short end of the stick, um, you know, with a, the worst record for the division winner has to play the six seed in the wild card, and then the four plays the five seed in the wild card. And the higher seed in the, in those games um, have three home games, so there's no travel in that round. Um, so that's that's really the formula. I mean, there's no there's no reseeding throughout it um it stays the same which so, is kind of annoying yeah you don't as a you don't get to play the weaker seed um you know so i don't know off the top of my head i can't give you an example of that but um you just go through the bracket as is kind of like the ncaa tournament there's yeah. no reseeding your bracket your bracket yeah um and yeah i mean who knows i think it's an opportunity for one more team one more fan base to get in the postseason so maybe that's exciting hopefully you know teams go for it and want to compete and want to yeah to push them be, over want to be in that sixth spot or better i would hope so yeah <laughs> okay a few other things um the shift i know that was discussed and 
yeah, there's been a lot made about the rule changes. I think the important thing for everyone to know and understand is that's not happening this year. They're not going into effect until next season. So the shift, the bigger bases, um, which I've seen some great memes <laughs> on <laughs> on social media. My favorite one was uh, the Ricky Henderson um, oh, when yeah. he when he breaks the uh, stolen base record and he's holding a base over his head that's like three times the size of his body. Um, that and then the pitch clock, I believe, is all happening um in 2023 and the shift rule from what i've gathered so far is two infielders on on each side of second base and their feet have to be in the dirt so you won't see manny machado playing right field um when our lefties come up anymore well you'll see it this year but not next year i'm for it i think the two on each side is a little extreme. I think you should be able to play wherever you want on the infield. Why? As long as your feet are on the dirt. But why? why? Just because there's uh, it's strategy. It's playing the game. It's it's. But it's so frustrating. It is, but I think that's <laughs> part of the game. And and one of the best analogies I saw, I don't know, I don't remember who said it. It was a it was a football analyst. Basically, broke it down. And said, you know, this would this is the equivalent to, you know, there being some quarterbacks in the NFL that can't throw like the twenty yard deep out or the twenty five yard deep out. So uh, Roger Roger Goodell like bans the cover two defense because quarterbacks can't make that throw. Like, oh, you're not allowed to play in that defense because we have some quarterbacks that can't make that throw. And I thought that was I thought that was like a a yeah. pretty fair comparison, like. I don't like playing 40 yards in the outfield right there. But I think you should be able to play anywhere you want on the infield as long as your feet are on the dirt. Like you're an infielder, you play in the infield. Now, if if you want to bring an extra infielder in and have five infielders, I'm all for that. That's, That's just more extra base hits in the outfield. But you have to have at least four infielders. Yeah. I mean, I guess being able to adjust. I always wonder why when they shift like fully right on guys, like why they don't just like bun it down the third baseline. But in the world of the shift, that's actually considered like a win. Yeah. Because, oh, they had to settle for a bunt single. Well, like what, we beat them. What happens, what happens is, is like with the shift how it is now and the third baseman being able to play so deep is not only is it taking away the ground ball base hits, but it's taking away the line drive base hits. Yeah. Because guys are hitting line drives and that guy is standing right there and playing it on one hop or moving to his right and left and catching it in the air. I mean, Manny dove for a ball and almost caught it on the warning track. Yeah, that was insane. This year. I remember like, that. That is just crazy. So, um, which also is another interesting question is if we're banning the shift and we have to have four guys on the infield and two on each side – in the ninth inning with the tying run on third or the go-ahead run on third, like are we going to be allowed to do the five-man infield where we bring the outfielder in? We've seen happen a lot. Like is yeah. that legal or no? I'm not sure. Like do you still have to have two feet on the dirt? Can you play on the grass, on the infield grass, or do you have to have two feet on the dirt? Like if a guy, if we think a guy is going to bunt, like do I have to have two feet on the dirt? Can I play in on the grass? Like, I don't know. I don't know how far they're going with these rules. Yeah. So. 
We'll have to wait and see. But we have a minute at least. We have a year. Yeah, a year. We have a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, DH is universal. Yeah, that was one of the earliest things that got done. I'm sad <laughs> about that too. I'm just this like little curmudgeon that's like mad at all of these things. Yeah, I mean, I, you've heard me say it a thousand times. I With a DH in both leagues, I am not sitting here. I'm not the player I am today. I did not have the, I wouldn't have had the career that I had because that was my opportunity to get into the league. That was my opportunity to excel at being a utility guy and taking those tough at bats late in games and being able to play four different positions and um, eventually finding my way into the Dodgers organization and getting an opportunity to play third base every day. Um, so if there was a DH in both leagues when I was coming up, I might not have ever played a single day in the big league. So I do have a hard time really wrapping my head around this one because like it seriously would have affected my entire career. I know. And we're not going to get to see pitchers hit. <laughs> no, no more pitchers hit. Do you have a favorite? Uh, Rich Hill who's without a doubt my favorite. <laughs> Without a doubt. With audio or without audio? Uh, It doesn't matter. It doesn't (laughs) matter. I think um, every time Rich Hill took an at-bat was probably the only time all 25 guys on our roster, well, 24 because he was hitting, were like on the rail, like watching (laughs) every single pitch. You know, so good. It was pure entertainment. The best Rich Hill at-bat for me... And I can't, well, I can't even tell the whole story. So I'm not, I'm, I can't. <laughs> we'll save it. We'll save it. Um, I know it is like, it's one of the best parts, like truly one of the yeah. best parts. And but I, I think it's like yeah, more strategy. I don't know. It's, that's a tough one. Well, you know, the Dodgers have been lucky. We haven't had any pitchers really get hurt yeah. swinging a bat or running the bases. I think. There's probably a lot of Dodger fans that enjoy watching Clayton Kershaw take at bats. I think he loves it as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he takes a great at bat. Like yeah. he literally like is up there like battling his ass off and oh, spreading totally. out and fighting off pitches. And, you know, he does a great job and that that's amazing. But also like if he would have gotten hurt in one of those, I'm sure there would have been a lot of. Dodger fans that were like, we need the DH. You know, everyone's kind of reactive based on their opinions for a lot of things. So I yeah. think I think when you're signing these guys and you want them to, you know, come in and throw, well, hopefully 200 innings, like those guys are unicorns now when, yeah. when a starting pitcher goes 200 innings. But um, the last thing you want to see is them getting hurt running the bases or diving into a base or, or swinging a bat. You know, I think... Jack Flaherty was the one that came to mind uh, this year. I think he tore an oblique uh, swinging a bat against us. And a couple of years ago, Jimmy Nelson hurt his shoulder diving back into first base. So there have been a lot of instances where pitchers get hurt doing what they're not paid to do. Yeah. So. But it should, help me, it should help me this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll be nice to have days where you – get to still be in the lineup yeah. and have days off and, and all well, that. Hopefully we'll, yeah. see. we'll see how it works out. I don't know. Hopefully I'm <laughs> DH hopefully playing third. Hopefully I would imagine you know, you'll just fall wanna... into the DH spot a couple of times this year. 
whatever the team needs. Yeah, just just want to win games. I just want to. I want to parade. You're already getting ready for your media. I want to parade. Oh yeah. We totally. had to watch the Rams do it. <sighs> it sucked. I didn't really watch the Rams. I do made it, a pitch. Yeah. I didn't really watch it, but <laughs> I tried to. I tried to get us as a throw-in. Yeah. No. But that wouldn't even have been the same either. No, you deserve the whole thing in the way that it's supposed to be. Yeah, let's go. I'm fired up. I'm ready. Well, I would say opening day is April 7th, but it's like a faux opening day for you guys. The opening day is actually April 8th. Yeah, this sucks. Opening off day. And it's back at Coors Field, which I think about last year. Was that last year's opening? It was. Opening day, like the wacky, like home run, not home run, like the strangest thing. Oh my God. There was was a good meme. There was a good meme (laughs) with that one too that got sent in our group chat. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. I just, I can't believe it's happening so fast and I'm just really excited. Yeah. I think my entire goal this year is to not cost Cody Bellinger his first home run. And then wasn't it several days before you guys hit a home run? Like, it yeah, was almost it was, like no, we were would getting, we ever hit a home run ever? I feel like I feel like the media was like mad at us and like punishing us because we scored like forty nine runs without a home run. Without hitting a home run. Which and they were so like good. What's wrong with you guys? You haven't hit a home run. We're like, uh, we just swept them and we scored forty nine runs and you're mad that we didn't hit a home run. It was that whole like, thirty oh diet, God. you know? Like just relax. No power. I have to say, being on a whole thirty right now, which I don't know if we've mentioned, but it, there's been a few nights where I've wanted to have oh a have God. a drink, have yes. a drink, or have some salt and vins. And so I have to say, I picked a very poor time in my life to do a whole thirty, no drinking. Well, those were mostly for sad reasons, and then today it was like a, I, know. I, like, we wanted, I to like, wanted to like pop bottles and champagne shower, like we won a playoff series. Like holy crap! Yeah, we should have champagne showered in the. We didn't have to drink it. We could have just done a shower. True. In the backyard. Just <laughs> cleanse ourselves. <laughs> champagne. Just us and our bodies. The dogs would have loved that. Right? Yeah. Well, spring training is happening. Everyone would be excited. I kept getting all these messages of people, and it was so sad. I'm like, what can I do? Like, I, I didn't have a chance to cancel my airline tickets for next week. Like, should we still go out? What are some fun things to do in Arizona? Like, people plan these trips for their families to come out and it's just heartbreaking when they're like, what can I do in Glendale, Arizona? I'm like, well, have you heard of McFadden's? But like now it can, it can happen and it's the best part. And it's so nice to be back out there. And like, I'm, I don't know what the protocol is this year. If like fans are allowed like on the backfields any like, I don't know. I mean, they'll be in the stands and you guys will be there and it'll be great, but I don't know what that looks like yet. But we don't know what anything it's going to look like. Yeah. I will say this. We are missing spring training games, and I know both the Players Association and Major League Baseball pledged a million dollars to go to stadium workers, and I hope they're still giving those to stadium workers in Florida and Arizona who are missing games. I hope that money is still going to them. Yeah, I would imagine. It better be. Yeah. That would make me super upset. Yeah. Well, similar to... Not to pivot, but to kind of pivot, but similar to spring training, like being at NASCAR. So we went to NASCAR about a week and a half ago in Fontana. Yeah. Unfortunately, we had time to go to NASCAR. No, I love NASCAR. I mean, NASCAR is. Like, I I'm mean, f- I would rather have been in spring training. Well, yeah, we could have went to the NASCAR in Phoenix. Which That's I this weekend. Think is this I weekend. might go Sunday. So you, yeah, just keep it rolling. Just oh, I forgot follow, about just that. Follow them. 
Follow them all over. I'm going to report Sunday morning and then go to NASCAR. I don't know if that's how it's going to work. But they're, well, it, it depends, like, what pass you have. But their experience at NASCAR is so fan-friendly. It's crazy. Like, fans, like, are, they're, they're everywhere. They're surrounding these drivers. Like, they're up close and personal with them. Like, if you have the right credential obviously but it is so it's just a rally for every single race like every sunday it is just insanity and they're diehard diehard fans so one of the cool things is where they have their truck set up and where they do all the work on their cars they've kind of like and we actually didn't go back and see this but it was explained to us that they kind of built like what they say babe like like these like walkways or these overpasses where fans can go and stand and watch like the guys work on all the cars right there um, by their trucks and like see all the work that they're doing. Oh yeah. But it's like elevated. So they don't really like, they don't really like mess with them really, but you can really like get up close and personal from like 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 a a bird's eye view. Yeah. (laughs) Like, seeing all the work they're doing on the cars, which is cool. And we've done a lot of like NHRA races with Robert Height and John Force and them. And there, even even there, the cars are right there and people can just walk up and they have like a little rope set up and fans are just like, I mean, five feet away from these guys where they're pulling pistons and engines and (laughs) like all this crap off the car. And like, uh, it's crazy the access and how close you get. Yeah. In this stuff. And that's just the pre-race stuff. Oh, like yeah. then, I mean, you can go into more because you were about to talk about it. I don't want to steal your Was days I? of thunder. <clears throat> My days of thunder. <laughs> no, I just think it's really cool. And obviously I grew up in Indiana and racing was huge and working in event marketing, like working these races for years and years as like an employee of the track and seeing everything from afar and then going and experiencing it the way we did in fully like in the pits up yeah. close. And I almost felt like I was like, I was in there taking pictures. Like, so we're in, so our friend Kat and Tyler, Tyler, Calgary frames. They're so hot right now. Um, our friend Kat and Tyler are good friends with Kevin Harvick, who's an NASCAR driver and said, Hey, let me link you up with them. Like go sit in there and like really experience it. In and their pit. Yeah, and, like, we've obviously, like, walked pit row before and I think in Phoenix a few times. Mm-hmm. And, like, but you're in, like, it's almost like you're in the dugout. I mean, you are. You're yeah. essentially in the dugout of NASCAR. And they have all these screens up and all this info. And I'm taking pictures and stuff and thinking, am I, like, revealing secrets? Like, are these, like, their signs that I'm seeing? And, like, all these <laughs> things. So I'm, like, making sure not to take, like, these videos of the screen and everything. But... I mean, watching the pit crew work, like, it is, a f- like, and these guys, what are they, like, college, like, one of them was, like, a college, like, a linebacker football, like, they have full training and workouts, and you fully understand it when you see it, but they are efficient. That is probably, aside from, like, everything happening in the actual race, like, the most exciting thing to watch is them come in for their pit stop and tire change, the whole deal. It is well, a and, thing of beauty. And we got to wear the headset, so we're literally listening to oh, yeah. Kevin Spotter. Like You're on the he's channel. Basically, he's basically coaching him. So what they did in NASCAR was they made it so the drivers can't 
they can't really like turn their heads anymore for yeah. safety reasons. So they have the spotters up on the on the top of the booth and they're literally like their eyes. Like so the whole time and it's not they're not saying names or anything. They're using like each car number. Like 99's coming up on your right, you're in lane 3, stay in lane 3, stay in lane 3. Okay, he's coming up on you. He's coming up right now. You clear on your yeah, and and you're sitting there and you're like, oh my god. And I'm trying to think of like, if I'm driving down the 405, and I can't look left or right, and I just have to have me Courtney in the back seat saying, okay, you're good to go over. I'm like, "Uh, do I trust that? I don't know. Zero shot. I wouldn't (laughs) trust it either. And these guys are going 200 miles. Yeah, it's just it's wild and. We went with CT and his fiance Mary, and that was their. Well, I think CT had been to. He had been to one before. Maybe a race before, but that was Mary's first experience. And she was. I didn't know if she was going to love it because it's just like, I don't know. It's not for everybody. It's like very yeah. loud. Like it's not a place it's to really go loud. and like catch up, which is like what we were attempting to do in the beginning when we were sitting out like on the little roof of the suite and like it's, looking out. It's easier in the beginning when all the cars are together because it's yeah. loud and then you get like a break. But towards the end of the race, when cars yeah. are all over the track, you'd be, like, just, just no. be like, wait, where were you guys just at? And then you like, wait, and you're like, okay, hold on. I'll tell you in like five, like give me 10 seconds. And I think it's like what, 40 seconds for a lap. So you're like, you have that sound for a few seconds and then it's like okay say everything you need to say and then yeah so it's just like i didn't know and they really really enjoyed it yeah and which was cool and we were kind of picking up on little things like pretending we were part of the crew but like the windshield film was something i like never i don't know in every race that i've watched like i never noticed that part yeah were you watching that oh yeah like ever they have just like a almost like a post-it note on their windshield but it's like a film like a protective film and they would just like every time they came in like there's a guy that we were talking about what role we would have in the pit <laughs> with the four of us and Cord said she wanted to be the fueler she wanted to pick up the big old no, gas mary tank. was saying oh, she mary could did? do it if she was able to lift it like holding it there things are be, heavy i'm like i don't like i don't even know if i could put two gallons of milk on my shoulder and sit there <laughs> But she was like, okay, I'm going to do the fuel. And then I think you guys were talking about, I don't know, doing tire. I think I, no, I said I wanted to be on the gun, the one that puts the, um, the jack, like the bolts back on the tire. Oh, on the gun, the air gun. Yeah. So like that is, that thing is cool. But I think they had to do it into, like they said they changed the tool recently because they actually had a couple like little hiccups. Well, with the entire like, cars are different this year. So yeah, that's with like why putting I, the tires back on. There you're was, watching NASCAR. There's so many like wrecks and guys losing control because they completely changed the cars this year. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but there was a guy that would come out and just rip the film off the windshield. And I remember when they still, when it was going to be his last stop on pit road, he pulled off and he was like, you still have, I heard on the little he headset. Said, he said, we still have two. I think everyone else is down to their last one. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. we have like, we're like privy to this. We're like, yes, we have an advantage. It's crazy. So do the fans out in the stands have the same, like they can listen to the same thing, right? Because mm-hmm. you get headsets. Yeah. We weren't on like- It's just frequency s- channels. So. Yeah. We weren't on some like special channel because that's the big thing is like renting the radios at NASCAR. But it felt like we were on a special well, even if you watch, channel. Even if you just watch NASCAR at home, like the announcers will yeah. say, oh, we're going to go to uh, Larson's spotter and it's then you can listen crazy. in and hear them like talk how, or again Bubba like Wallace the, or whoever it is the access yeah 
like you obviously don't like fans don't hear the conversation that you guys have in your dugout like unless you're mic'd up yeah but then you know you're mic'd up and obviously you're yeah, not and gonna it's be kind like, of like a goofball dis- version of what's happening. yeah like you're so. not gonna be like oh let's discuss our like secret sauce yeah in the dugout and like our signs like they, this is they like, actually we get tested very frequently for that there's there's no more sauce and <laughs> <laughs> there's no secret sauce no but like it's just wild to think that i don't know there it's like nascar is an open book yeah it's like here i am here's my parts of my car here's my crew here's my coach listen to everything and enjoy it it's very yeah. very fan friendly a couple of takeaways i had uh I, it's way more of a spectacle and way more of an event leading up to the race than I thought. Like these guys are walking a red carpet. They're taking photos. Oh yeah. They're going up on a stage. They're getting introduced with fireworks going off. And then they literally just walk over and jump in their car and start driving 200 miles an hour. It's which like is a playoff like intro crazy for every, every like race. Yeah. You think you have to like, zone it in and getting this like mind frame to sit in a car for four hours that is vibrating like crazy and like where do you pee by the way um <laughs> i know i'm like are they wearing a dighty like i don't yeah. know but but i heard that they just don't pee it's just not yeah, an option they just hold it just just hold it you just dehydrate i guess a lot of these races are in very dry climates so maybe that's helpful yeah, but so it's way more of a spectacle and way more of a show than just the driving. Um, we saw up close and personal like two mistakes that the pit crew made when they forgot to like fully bolt on. See, that would have been tire. my that would have been my job. And so Kevin had to go out and come right back in and get it tightened, which cost him. He ended up finished seventh, and that happened twice. So like, it's got to be a crazy dynamic between the driver and the pit crews and the pressure. And it was so cool because we were there early enough to watch the pit guys like warming up and they were literally going through like dry reps. So they're on the wall, even though there was no car in the pit (laughs) and they're jumping over and running and sliding and pulling tires and like pretending like they're taking a tire off, pretending like they're putting a tire on, bolting it back on and like watching them do the dry runs. And it, it was just... It was really cool to watch because these are obviously the elite of the elite and to get to step into their world and see like a small sample of what goes into it is something that I love to do. And I love, we didn't get a chance to talk to Kevin, but we sat in his pit crew, but I would love to just chop it up and hear, you know, like what it's about and what the grind's about. So, yeah. And it was cool to see Albert. He was out there. Albert drove the. The pace car. The pace car, yeah. That was so cool. He was so fired up. Yeah, he loves cars. Albert Albert loves baseball, but I think cars are a a close second. Yeah. And that was really cool. When we we had the opportunity to go and we heard he was driving the pace car, we were like, oh, we have to be there. And his whole family was there. His whole family was up on the stage with him. So that was, that was really cool. We love Albert. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I hope he maybe finds a way to be a Dodger again because... Yeah. He's just a special human being. Yeah, he's the best. And got to see Danny Trejo out there. Oh, he was the he did the flag. He started the race. Yeah. Got to see the Iceman, Chuck Liddell. <laughs> he's I see Chuck Liddell everywhere. Everywhere. 
We saw him at Puig's poker tournament. Yeah. He's been at the stadium. I actually waited. I didn't tell it. Well, I didn't even talk to him because I was just like, it was hot and it was hydrating. But I waited in line to meet Chuck Liddell at the X Games Fan Fest in like 2010 because I was like, oh, Chuck Liddell's here. That's so cool. And then the manager of the booth that I was working was like, oh, well, if you want to go get in line for his meet and greet. And I was like, sure, I'll go like wait in line. So like fully have a photo with Chuck Liddell in like my work Prove it. Attire. I will. I'll pull it up right now. I'm not well, even not, kidding. Not to me. No. I believe you. Oh, no. I'll I don't post, know if I'll post my photo you. of Chuck Liddell. We'll but post the photo of Chuck Liddell and, and the, my panties. The panties. <laughs> You'll get to see my panties in all their glory. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. It was really cool. I'm glad we got to You know go. who else was there? Who? Ice Cube, baby. I know. You talked to Ice Cube and you didn't even like bring, like call me over. He was so like consumed with people like talking to him and then yeah he actually came over and we started talking and saying what's up and then his mom called he's like dude i'm so sorry i gotta take i gotta take this phone call and he like <laughs> that's kind of cool though like you yeah. got in inter- like you got interrupted yeah by ice cubes mom he's, he said she keeps calling me <laughs> I was like, she right. wanted to say hello yeah. maybe he does a sunday call to his mom uh, yeah but it was cool. He was sitting in there. He was sitting right behind us. But did you call him O'Shea or did you call no. him Ice? No. You were like Cube? What'd you call him? I don't think I actually said his <laughs> name. I think I just like gave him a big hug and was like, what's up, man? And then, <laughs> and he was like, just like everyone else, he's like, what's going on with baseball? <laughs> I know. So that is actually like the biggest relief is like every, I mean, we'd be on walk. We talked about this last week, but like walks everywhere. Like everyone's like, what's happening? It's like. I don't know. And I don't Are we going to get a deal? Are we going to get I a deal? I know. Like, like f- everywhere, like in the grocery store, it's like, what's that? And I get it. I get it. But it's like, also like, we feel the same way. Like, we don't, we don't know. But what a week. It's been a week. I'm like, so excited and so exhausted at the same time. And like I said, Walker did a million times more work than I did. But I still feel like I was constantly texting and talking and on phone calls and you know trying to trying to get all the information really because i mean there's so much information and what comes out in the media is literally like a fraction of it so that uh, that's the hard part too in trying to get our fans to understand that there's always more to it than what you're seeing obviously if it was as cut and dry as what you're seeing on social media we probably had a deal Three months ago, but there's just so much stuff that goes into it behind the scenes. And there's a lot of stuff that we didn't even really hear about until later on in this whole negotiation. So, yeah, just thanks for bearing with us. And now it's time to have some fun. Yes, it's fun time. We're going to sleep good tonight. (laughs) I can't wait to go to sleep. (laughs) hit that button play that song oh my gosh well that's (laughs) gonna do it for this week thank you for listening reminder to subscribe and rate the podcast so you don't miss an episode and we will talk to y'all next week spring training i might not talk to you court court might be solo next week i'll just talk to myself on here it's fine but i'll see you when i see you all right thanks bye bye boom Bum 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 b